This is a HeadGum Podcast. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So, Frida Pinto is like, I thought this was a romance movie. Mm. And I put down the camera and I'm like, uh, it is. You love being chased by these dogs. And it's like, it's called Dog Escape. It's like, why did you sign on? Right in front of you, yeah. Hey! What up, what up? Welcome to Hollywood Handbook and Insider's Guide to Kicking Button, Dropping Names in the Red Carpet Line to Back Hallways of This Industry We Call Showbiz. Uh, it, it was another week in Hollywood, and we spent it here, and we spent it observing and watching the way people work and behave we report back to you you know we're Mm -hmm. out there and we're getting all the information and then we collect it all in our little sort of jars that we call Mm -hmm. our brains Mm -hmm. and then we come back and we open up the jars and unscrew the tops of our heads and we let the information out through talking uh, and one feature we like to do sometimes, just sort of to get warmed up in terms of helping people, is uh, is called Engineer My Career, uh, where we let the engineer ask us a question. It's like, so nice to have the engineer here as a true everyman. Mm-hmm. And any question they have, we feel that a lot of the public could have because they really are in a place where they're sort of at the bottom and they could do anything, mm-hmm. you know? A lot of people... Uh, were hit very hard in this financial crisis. Katrina, Hurricane mm-hmm. Katrina. And ended up, yes, losing their home and to some kind of environmental disaster and having to do something that... It's not in, that glamorous. Yes, in normal circumstances you uh You would, would turn your nose up. ...not at. do. Uh, and today we're very happy to have Engineer Sam with us. Engineer Sam, what's, hey what is your question? Uh, my question is, so I've been here since November. Uh, That's before. your question? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Have you been not here since very, November? Not a very good uh, use okay, of the what could question. Learn, people could learn a lot from It was this. clearly a question, right? There was a very hard question inflection yeah, no. at so the I've end of it, right? So I've been there since November? That's him. It's like, uh, <laughs> I fucking guess, man. Not exactly your secretary, not keeping your calendar. Not a useful way to spend your question when you have literally just one to ask two of the finer minds and the modern media landscape. I apologize. If I could go again, could I go? If again? you could, That's, wouldn't yes, that be? Yes. Could I go again? That's a question. Okay. Could I go again? Well, the answer is dream fucking on dickweed. And it comes back to the lesson uh, that we've given before, which is please come prepared with a with a with a good question when you have an opportunity like this, and that also applies to like how you dress. You know what I mean? Like when you show up for something like this with you know with like people in a, who are in a position to maybe help you, like maybe wear 
something that like fits your body. What would you change about the way I'm dressed now? It's just like it's, maybe it is actually the body that is. Is yes, and this is sort of what I was going to say when you were saying be prepared. It's like success is ninety percent mm-hmm. preparation and nine percent perspiration, and one percent it's just look like you look good. Mm-hmm. The like, perspiration from we like, want to be able to look at you. going to the gym like every like once in a while. Yeah, you perspiration know? and then and some of it's inspiration, mm-hmm. and that's like. Like, think about that. You know, you're not, there's nothing inspired about the way you dress. You, mm-hmm. and your body is a, it's a disaster. Joke. It's a joke. Oh, that's mean. And thank you, Engineer Sam, because I think a lot of people are getting a lot out of this, and not everyone's so brave to have a stupid looking body and, and get on here and ask us. Just the worst questions couldn't possibly help you to know whether you've been here since November. And why would I know that? I know how to make successful movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know how to really crack people up with a ripping good joke. Do I know how long you've been here? So we're going to move on to uh, the next thing we wanted to talk about, which is, you know. Movies. Yes, Movies. Big and small. Uh, One of our favorite things in this business is sometimes you can go see a movie, and if you like it enough, you can see another one of that movie. Uh, Mm. And in this business, they call it a sequel. And there are some sequels being made this year that we're excited about. We looked at the the slate. Uh, And so there's a little segment that we like to do called Sequel, Sneakwell, Pequel which is where we take a sequel pequel at some of the sequels th- that are that are in the mix for this year. Uh yes, and the first one that we wanted to go over Hayes uh wanted to describe this one because he of course was involved in the original successful project and uh he uh is just so excited that they've decided to continue. There's two reasons they make a, a, a sequel. One, made a buttload of cash. Everybody wants another taste of the piece of the pie. Two, they screwed up. They got to do it again. Uh, we've talked about that phenomenon before. Mm-hmm. This is the former. It's called Two More Bigger Guns. If you remember Two Guns, and I believe I wasn't in the room, I believe that some Wahlberg wanted to be two more guns, Denzel wanted to be two bigger guns, and and Hayes, if you want to tell the story, I think you finally cracked it and said, guys, mm-hmm. let's make it two more bigger guns. Yeah, and uh, having seen this movie because I made it and was involved in it, and knowing what it is, uh, I could say that the first movie, where, where we left those guys, once they invented guns and, you know, they each had one and it was sort of, I think about the, the, the competition between Remington and Smith and & Wesson and, like, which of the two gunsmiths was going to be, like, the most famous and make the most money in business. Mm. Now, then this new one with the bigger guns, it's flash forward to the present day and now these guys have been uh frozen for a long time and now they're two unfrozen cowboys 
juicy trying to trying to make their way in the present day but not really understanding the the horseless carriages they they see in the streets but uh but still shooting guns a lot and being very good at 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 shooting yes and i love this concept i love this take Mm -hmm. on it and to make it present day and to deal with so much of the putin stuff that's been happening Mm -hmm. and to have that be the backdrop that uh there's always a tv on in the background and he's always sort of doing his stuff and just how they're sort of talking about it the way we do yes the but also the way an unfrozen cowboy uh, trying do. yes trying to understand a political crisis when the 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 country of russia is not really something they were familiar with or maybe i guess it would have been but certainly not the ukraine or or possibly that that too and just even phones yeah like what they think of phones is actually an interesting look at like What's so crazy about phones in the present day? It sometimes it takes a voice from the past to look at the present and say, like, is this really right? Like, you're you're looking at these little beep boxes all day. Like, shouldn't you be out in the fields, like enjoying life? And a lot of people listen; they don't take them seriously at first. Uh, but it, you know, it's actually a lesson that we could all learn from these two uh, old cowboys. And the character of Beepbox, um, the tiny uh, robot butler who mm-hmm. um, is helping them in the past and in the present. Mm-hmm. Uh, he froze who's them. From yes, he's the one that froze them, uh, and he's from the moon. Yeah, he's from. Uh, he is Japanese in his behavior and his voice, mm. uh, but yes, he's a robot who, who I comes from the I loved having that character to sort of stop down and explain the plot every mm. few minutes. Well, he is because he's Japanese, he is very smart, and he's very good at, at following some of the complicated things that are happening uh, to these cowboys, and also in the on the world stage as we as we keep following. Well, the yes, but I just remember I was watching, and I would not know why something was happening, and mm-hmm. Beepbox would kind of go, "Let's freeze," and you know that's funny because he froze them, right? And then he'd come down and and say, uh, "You know, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg is a shooting." Because he is so mad. And I would go, okay, because I was like, why is this guy shooting? Anyway, anyway. the movie is very sad. Yeah, it's a 10 hanky movie. You, I know, were really excited about. Uh, and this is sort of the other side, I guess. Like, uh, you know, this movie did not do as well the first time. Uh, so you, close. of course, yeah. Um it was not my decisions right. that made it not yes. work. Yes, um, but it sounds like there's a lot of um, exciting stuff uh, happening with the girl with two pearl earrings. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, having seen this movie and really knowing what it is and what it's about, uh, I couldn't be more. Stoked to have another crack at what was truly just one step removed from, I think, being a mega hit. So, you all recall in the original, 
the girl has a rock on her ear. She thinks it's a pearl. Um, it gets stolen by a mean crab. She she chases the crab into the sewer. She's in the sewer. She meets a whole family of like alligator people who live down there. Um, she marries one of them. He kisses her so hard that he bites part of her jaw off. Um, she decides she can't stay in this marriage. She goes uh, back up, finds the crab actually. He gets the rock back. It's not a pearl. And where we left her off kind of at the end is she's going, well, if this isn't a pearl, should I have married that, you know, crocodile man or alligator man? Um, should I never have left? Because mm-hmm. that was part of why she left, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I think it didn't work is because a lot of the – Alligator people's movements <laughs> were too stiff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fluid. And that's because uh, I wanted to do, um, uh, you know, Henson creature type uh, creations uh-huh. and uh, do it practically. And a lot of people involved were, you know, wanted it to be CGI. It's all computers now. Yeah, and it's, it's all just, computers. Yeah. And it's like, we don't... How about what happened to something you could hold in your hand? Just because you can do something with a computer doesn't mean that's the best uh-huh. way to do it. Yeah. And I say that about writing, about going on the internet, mm-hmm. about um, uh, what uh, raising... A, you playing know, computer kid. games. Playing a computer game is like... Sometimes the best way to play a computer game is just, just get a, a deck of cards and just, and just start doing it. Mm-hmm. So... For me, I thought, let's get the puppets, but let's also take another crack at the story and see, did we do a disservice by not giving the backstory of how some of these crocodile men are friends? <laughs> and I think we we did because I want to see them, you know, um, playing crock ball which is like baseball but they they whack a ball with their tail and mm-hmm. it's bigger than a baseball it has stitching but it's like um not as big as a soccer ball it's very heavy they have tough hides so they don't have to worry about using pads as much but um how do i describe crock ball so okay and the ball so is alive it's like a rolled up bug the balls, let, yeah, it's like a giant roly poly bug, um, and it has stitches into it. They've sewn it into its rolled up form, but it's saying things like, "Hey, Buster," like, "That's a heck of a whack," and "Can't catch me, nerd." And so the the ball is kind of part of the comic relief. Um, also, there's one fat crocodile man, mm-hmm. and that's very funny too. Mm-hmm. He's bursting out of his vest. Um, so anyway, we thought showing a lot of their life and maybe eliminating the girl and maybe eliminating some of the pearl earring. Okay. So it's called Girl with Two Pearl Earrings mm-hmm. uh, as kind of a nod to the audience saying, we heard you the first time and we're, um, and we're doing what you wanted. The decision to – she's not in it much. No, she does but make a cameo. The, the decision to recast because it was uh, Scarlett Johansson in the original. Yeah, and the and now it being Ken Jeong, what went into that choice? 
well, uh, when we found out that Ken was Tech Avail, uh, I absolutely said we've got to get him, and it was a big uh, sort of whining and dining meeting with Dr. Ken. Did, did you know that you that he was a doctor? He's a real doctor. He, a real no, he's doctor. A real he's doctor. not just called like Dr. Ken like a joke because he's Japanese. It's like he is. Yeah. He is a real. He went to He school. went to medical school, got the doctor certificate, and he's and has the stethoscope and everything. And I thought that that was something that would really bring a lot to the production because you don't have to pay to have a medic on set. Mm-hmm. And also because he is Japanese, he is so mm-hmm. smart mm-hmm. and able to do a lot of things that a Scarlett Johansson can't exactly do. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people getting sick living in the sewer for four months on your on your shoot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, We again, I wanted to do the sewer practically before it was a build. It was uh, on a soundstage and it didn't feel authentic and the audience responded by uh, making us take a bath financially. And, and then taking a bath, I guess, non-financially after being in the sewer. Yeah. Yeah, every day when I got home, I would have to really scrub up, really clean up, and um, I uh, uh, thankfully am healthy. Uh, the same can't be said for a lot of the crocodile men, certainly for uh, the croc ball who had to splash around in the muck. It was Andy Serkis. Um, He's amazing. What a genius. So good. Uh, the main crocodile, the romantic interest uh, for Ken, who, you know, as you said, Ken's the girl. He's not in the movie a ton. Mm-hmm. She's not in the movie a ton. Um, but the main crocodile, we did get Michael Fay, who's the man who was caned in Singapore a few years back for doing graffiti. Oh, sure. Uh, we were able to get a hold of him, and he's pretty irreverent. What a rich experience he could bring, mm. having known... A lot of Japanese people in Singapore are like really understanding how smart they are and like how funny it is to talk to them. Yeah, and so it's a smart movie. It's a funny movie. We think America's gonna. Um, we we hope that you accept our mea culpa. Uh, we missed a little bit on the first one. Um, thanks mainly to the bad decisions of one Mr. David Fincher. And uh, now we got that fucking hack off the project and we're doing our thing and we think you guys are going to just gobble it up. We'll be right back with our guest, uh, Rob Corddry. You may recognize him from TV shows. He's been in the movies before. He lives on the same street as a friend of mine. And he's going to talk about that and um, some of the TV shows and the movies that he's done uh, coming right up on Hollywood Handbook. Hollywood Handbook. So I said, she goes like, it's called a plantain. And I go, look, Crispin Stewart, to me and everyone else in this room, it's a big banana. So you either start calling it that or you get the fuck out of my green room and she apologized hey what up what up welcome to hollywood handbook an insider's guide to kicking butt and dropping names in the red carpet line back hallways of this industry we call showbiz great guest today great guest big fan of ours a, a huge amount going on for him rob cordry 
Hey this guys, year. thank you so much for having me on this show. I've been listening uh, forever. You know, when you guys, when it was what it was, it's iteration before uh-huh. mm. podcasts, you know, when it, when you were just like, just, just having just conversations, just holding just those round table. Remember yeah. conversations? At places yeah. Yeah. Remember that when you were we at. Actually spoke to each other. Instead of <laughs> yeah, instead of just uh, like taking iPad photos and stuff, it's like yeah, instead of just everybody's on their Kindle all day. It's you have to look at each other, and FaceTime doesn't count. It's not the same thing. No, it's really not because it freezes sometimes, and you get stuck making a funny face. Rob, <sighs> go ahead. You got a huge amount on your plate right now. It's going. Things are going great. You have a show. Uh, yeah, hope, hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, or are you talking about the ones, the many shows that I actually have? Or no, no, no. I'm I'm, I'm talking about that that one. Just the <laughs> other, the show in development that you're hoping will replace all those. Shows. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, because all this time you've been doing like the goofy things. The goofy stuff, the stuff you're goofing around. Where you're like a clown. Uh, right. Yeah. What is that one? Uh, that one's Children's Hospital. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. So which you know is what like, I mean. Which you never like worked in a children's hospital or anything. That's no, just like I don't. Funny jokes. Know anything about that world. And I'm glad that you brought that up because mm-hmm. I do want to apologize to all the real children's hospitals mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just say to everybody that it's nothing. It isn't. It, there's a lot of talk that's nothing like a real children's hospital at all. And but you hear about yes. these kids making themselves sick so they can go, go to children's go hospital. So they can go to a children's hospital. At the children's hospital, hospital. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm never there Eating unless bugs. my children mm. are really fucked up in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like they've cut themselves. Mm, yeah, or, or fell off the thing. Or fallen mm. off But things. then is that good source material for you? Yes, uh, yes, uh, for sure. For sure. You know what? It's it's funny. Uh, the last time I was at Children's, I had um, I had uh, I ripped is it gives you the wrong impression, but ripped my daughter's shoulder out of her socket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it really it was just it was just this funny weird thing, and we had to take it to Children's to get it popped back in. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, this is a good this is a really funny story. Mm-hmm. I was in the. Uh, I was in the you know waiting room for the emergency room, and she's crying, and I'm just surrounded by all these like parents who are weeping, and yeah. there's like a kid being like, it was like a TV show, really. Yeah, yeah. a kid comes yeah. in, they burst him through the door. He's on a stretcher, but the stretcher's really tiny. That's you know, he's a kid, cute. and there's a life flight <laughs> pilot like <laughs> pushing the thing, and wow. you know, because he's been flown in on a helicopter because there's no way they're gonna get him here in time oh, anyway. Wow. And 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 it's like there's blood everywhere, and everybody looks really serious. And I'm just like, God, this is the stuff, right? Yeah, here, yeah. Man. all you see the, is stories. All yeah. you see are stories. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow. this is going in the show. That's writing. That's it's observing. Yeah, that's all it is. Right, just observing. Write what you, n- for the most part, know. Sure. Yeah, and it's creating those scenarios that you can observe. Whether it's mm-hmm. ripping your daughter's arm or what did your daughter you do need. to to deserve that? Oh no! Like I said, it was a it was a total fluke. It was an accident. Oh. Uh, she. <laughs> She does this thing, and it's really cute. Where when she tries to talk to me at, at dinner, mm-hmm. um, which for one is n- no, no, yeah, that's a no, no, we call that a no, no. That's eating time, and it's just looking down and being thankful for your father who has 
who works his fucking ass off mm-hmm. to bring you this food, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then when she did speak, okay, she had food in her mouth. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So oh, already no. I'm like, why are there words being spoken right now? And then they were fucking food words words. with like food smacking food in it so that's a double win you know (laughs) the closest thing to me was uh her her left arm Mm -hmm. uh and i i I just gave it this yank and later on we just laughed about it but at the time well she uh, must have been like thank you you know that's a mistake you only want to make once she gets it no she gets it right and having kids is just hard Mm. yeah we we know we have a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah. we have too many. Mm-hmm. But now, I guess the thing that we really wanted to talk to you about today—something uh, that's very uh, rewarding for you—it's pilot season. Mm-hmm. You have uh, your new show. It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> pilot season. Uh, your show, based on your own. Life experiences, right. your own crazy family. Mm-hmm. I believe it's called Rob. It's called Rob or The Rob Show mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. featuring uh, the show featuring Rob. Mm-hmm. Well, I know Rob Schneider had done Rob with like an exclamation point. Yes. And so you were going to do Rob with either a question mark or a semicolon? Or a semicolon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I realized I don't know how to you like this is a show this is an honest show and i don't know yes. how to use a semicolon at all and you don't have to that's what, exactly but i thought well it would be dishonest of me to to put that kind of punctuation the punctuation that i don't understand sure in the title of the show is honesty important to you in your work rob uh yes absolutely speak One, on that 100% honesty all the time and that's mm-hmm. why this show has been brewing and percolating and marinating mm-hmm. and all the things that you do with ideas mm-hmm. um in my head for for years and i feel like with all these other little silly uh hospital shows that i do uh, that those are just like I'm swinging three bats in the batter's box, uh-huh. and now I'm stepping up with one really light bat, and I'm just going to knock it out of the park. Wow. Mm, what a what nice an feeling. Yeah. What yeah. an image for me. And I don't mean like, I mean the bat too. Like the bat's going to fly out of my hands. It's so light. And it's, it's going to go out of the park too, like yeah, even yeah. farther than the ball does, and it's going to wow. smash a windshield Maybe of a an car. eagle catches and the that's, bat. Yeah, and flies that's, away yeah, with exa- it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's points. And I put a note on the bat. I put a note on the bat, mm, wow. like a secret, and, and then whoever, dro- when the when the bird drops the bat, and then mm-hmm. the person reads the note, they'll they'll get it. I mean, Ooh, I, I'm not mm-hmm. going to tell you what. Maybe you guys will get I'd it. Love, oh, I'd love to be there when that note gets read. Yeah, let's. Should we read? Um... Yeah, let's break in it. So Rob is going to be a show that follows you and your crazy family. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Cordries. I have is the working uh, name okay. for the family. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but of course, network will have notes. I'm sure. And and how uh, does that break down? You have one daughter who's kind of fucked up, and I you have, have one daughter uh-huh. who is severely handicapped. Yeah. Uh, who uh, misbehaves a lot. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then I um, I have a Chicano wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's she funny. She's 100 Chicano. That's very funny. Right, yeah. and that's in my real just that's imagine, my real life. No, wow. but yeah, but just imagine imagine the. the <laughs> like imagine a Christmas morning in that oh household. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's like you've got ham, she's got tamales, and who's going to win this one? Well, no, that's this. That's I'm glad you brought that up. She's not actually of 
any sort of Latin descent, uh, right? Because one okay. day she asked me, what is Chicano mean? Like, mm-hmm. what is a Chicano? And I said, I don't fucking know what a Chicano is. I don't care about that kind of thing. And so she looked it up on Wikipedia, mm. uh, which we have always by our bed. We have the yeah, whole set. the whole thing. The whole set right cool. by our bed. And she looked it up, and Chicano is apparently a self-described term that the uh, indigenous Mexicans uh, that have uh, grown up in the southern, southwest uh, United States give to themselves. So it's a self-described uh, name. And so she decided to describe herself as Chicano. So anyone can do it. Anyone can make the choice, you know? Hey, I didn't think I was going to learn today. <laughs> what a racket because yeah. they make it seem like it's so hard. To be one, but really, yes. it's just a matter of saying you that just you say are it. one. I mean, and, that's yeah. as a as one Native American, that is very frustrating to me of because, course. of course, heritage is very important. I feel like, yeah. uh, so sure. to just say it is not really the same thing as being it and doing it. Mm-hmm. Yes, on one hand, yes, but on another hand, no way, absolutely not. Right, mm, right, the, yes. You know, mm-hmm. like there's two sides. Like, to no. every, the opposite is true as right. well, and there's, even maybe that, truer. Mm-hmm. Two sides to every coin, as mm-hmm. they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's what makes Two Face such a powerful character. Mm-hmm. Right. Who is also Two Face? You're referencing the script. Mm-hmm. Two Face is also the villain that lives next door. Wow. Uh, I live next to a Batman villain. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, we have that kind of relationship where we get along, but he's fucking his face has been mutilated and he's sure. angry about it and he's a really evil guy mm-hmm. oh, it's he, such a great moment in the and do we want to go to that scene yeah, where yeah, you're yeah. returning his lawnmower <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, do you want to read Two-Face yes um, I'll yes I'll do and I'll read Rob uh, That's that sounds great okay. yeah um, exterior uh, Cordry Lawn Two-Face's trying to mow his front lawn but he realizes that he doesn't have a lawnmower in his hands and he and he yells out angrily you're beautiful rob oh great yeah why am i not holding my lawn mowing machine huh let me think about that mr face Maybe because it's still in my garage. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's why I'm so friggin' pissed. <laughs> oh no, I know what's coming next. Two Face reveals uh, a large dollar coin, half of which has been scratched up with a knife. I'm gonna flip this coin, and if it lands scratched upside up, I'm gonna boil you in a big pot alright just give me a lot more back ah so and that's the scene um that went through many different workshopping sure, stages yeah. and then it just ultimately became you know what it was what the actual story was that just really happened sure. verbatim mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that Funny story about um, Two Face that a lot of people don't know. Uh, he's a huge gay. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that will show up. It doesn't show up in the pilot. Both both parts of his face are gay. The whole deal. The mm-hmm. whole dealy. The whole package. Interesting. Yeah. Because so much of him is conflicted. Yeah. Uh, but 
in the, in this case, there's one thing about him that is that consistent. he's 100 percent consistent on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll find that out as the season goes on. Like that, he actually lives with a man, mm. an older gentleman who's an associate professor mm-hmm. um, at UC Bakersfield, mm-hmm. um, a pe- professor of history, and sure. he's just a real curmudgeon. He, he walks with a cane, and he's really sweet. Mm-hmm. And is that feminine. Donald Sutherland? Well, uh, hope, hope, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it sounds like him. It sounds like it was written. For sounds him. like it fits him. I know yeah. he's not on. He's not on. He's not all set up on email yet. So I have not been able to get in touch with him. Yeah, that's been a mm-hmm. problem with us for Donnie too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now uh, go a little deeper into the, your actual family mm-hmm. makeup. You have uh, the one daughter, but I know that's not the only. That's not the only daughter in your, uh, in your house. No, there. Uh, there. So there's my daughter. Here's your Chicano wife. My Chicano wife. Uh, there's my mother, who uh, lives in an RV. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Right outside my house, wow. right on the street, mm-hmm. and that's going to be probably the the second episode where the whole thing is about how it's street cleaning day and she's got to move the damn thing, but she forgets how to drive all of a sudden. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, she's got dementia. Uh, and you guys see where I mean that's just goes it goes exactly where you think it's going to go. I drive it to the other side of the street. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Sure. After a bunch of hemming and hawing, I bet. And 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 though and. Uh, lessons are learned. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she relearns how to drive. Thank you. In the process. So she's learned, to, there's a moral to it. That's really mm-hmm. nice. If you if you live in a moving vehicle, you mm-hmm. should know how to drive. And mm-hmm. so much TV now forgets to do the lesson part. Yeah. Where they have somebody drive, but they don't talk about how you drive. They just show up already knowing how right. or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then you don't see any... Any change? There's no arc, and so that way it's not a tool, is mm-hmm. it? No, 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 you no. Know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, well. That's one of the things. One of I set out to do this show is that I, in my life, I learn a lot of lessons. Mm-hmm. I'm like a vessel. I'm like an yeah. empty lesson vessel mm-hmm. that I want to fill to mm-hmm. the to the to the right where you think the, it almost looks like the lessons are. Like there's a bubble on top, and it, and how is that not spilling? It's because yeah. it's because I just want to suck down more lessons. That's Thank my you. life. So every episode to this show is going to be a very special episode. And you, so and you go out in the world and you see a problem, like all these people getting street cleaning tickets. You walk down the street and just windshields littered with <laughs> yes, street yes. cleaning tickets. literally. In this city and in every city in the world. And you say, like, what can I do? Like, as a writer-performer, like, how can I... What can I do? I'm not, a, I'm not the governor. I'm not the mayor, mm-hmm. you know? And what you can do is you can I'm just educate. a storyteller. Yeah. But it's, but, it's not right. just a yeah, storyteller. Just it's actually a storyteller is minimizing it. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big thing to be. Uh, gosh, I mean, I, there's a lot on our shoulders. Yeah. As story. We have a big, big responsibility. Mm-hmm. Now, your character loves his... His own car, quite a bit. <laughs> That's right. Right. That's right. Um, talk about sort of the romantic love triangle that develops between you and your wife and, okay. your, and your car. Right. So my character um, loves fucking. Mm-hmm. You know, fucking, sucking. The whole thing the feels whole, amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, and that's what I want to sort of bring. Like, I want that sort of visceral. Like, uh, I want you to feel like. 
when I'm fucking on television that you're right there getting fucked. You're wow. getting it. You're doing, yeah. you're yeah. getting the whole thing. Or if you're not taking it, that mm, your dick it, is my dick exactly. and I'm imagining that I'm fucking what you are. Exactly. <laughs> well, it is what you make it, right? Because we bring our own life to, to the stories we Sure. We sure. And that's why the, uh, the POV scenes, I think, are some of the most interesting. Was well, 90% POV, mm-hmm. uh, which some said was crazy. And others said, this is stupid. And then others still said, I'm not even going to say anything to, about this idea. I'm not mm-hmm. going to even tell you what my opinion is. And then some people were like, great. And I listen to those people because they, they are doers. If, if, if one person, I feel like, gets horny from like a show from something, I've, then yeah. I've done my job. Right. You know? Well, so I have a very, very charged sexual relationship with my Chicano, my white, white Chicano wife. Uh, and I also have a very, very sordid relationship with my 1975 Ford Pinto wagon because it has wood walls. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you've never seen in a show before. I mean, mm-hmm. fucking a car, sure. There was a whole show. It was a documentary, quote unquote, yes. about guys that like fucking cars. But mm-hmm. you've never seen it the way I do it, mm-hmm. which is just fucking the longest scenes in television history, I hope, of me just laying into that car, man. Just laying into that car, you know what I mean? Like, Should we do that scene? Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's read it. Let's and this ahead. is just me. Uh, but you, if it, you well, want to do the car sounds, because the car is on, mm-hmm. all right, and the radio is on as well. Okay. It's playing. Yeah. Great. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, fuck yeah. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stop, 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 stop. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Turn, turn the heater on. Turn the heater on. Oh, you get the fucking heat. Okay, you notice you do too much, too much, too much. Are you sick of paying too much money for your auto insurance? Call 1-800-646-AUTO to get bigger prices on your auto insurance. I can't. The garage light turns on. Mrs. Senora Cordry enters the garage. Rob, what are you doing? I am having sex with my 1975 Ford Pinto wagon. Or at least I was until the lights came on in here. Oh, Rob, please don't waste your massive sexual energy on that car. I need it to satisfy all of me. I'm so horny, baby. Now, can I ask about this character? Her concept of Chicago... She takes it to the limit. What What's her source material for for what she thinks a Chicano voice is? Who she goes um, like a lot of Vietnamese refugees from the seventies. Sure, she heard it one interview on YouTube with with one who was severely burnt, and uh, and the basically it was just this little girl crying and saying words every once in a while, and that's what she based her accent. Uh-huh. Because I don't know even know if Chicanos have an accent, so it's kind of like a, it's a squirrel's nest. It's whatever you want to sure. do. Sure, it. it's part mm-hmm. of the self description of just being able to say this is who I am, and I get to decide yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. What an inspirational lady. Uh, what else is it? This show? Oh well, of course, um, Grandpa's in jail. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
uh, for killing a cop. Yeah. And so there are some nice reunion scenes where you go to meet him and he it sort of seems the, like maybe you killed the cop and he took the fall because yeah. he's so old. Yeah. You, well, yeah, definitely. That is actually should not even be subtext. That is, okay. That should be okay. understood. You guys I, do say that's what's happening, but the tone yeah. of it, I didn't know if okay. you were joking with each I'm other. I'm still yeah, tweaking t- that storyline. Yeah. You tugging your collar a lot when yes. you're when you're talking. Yeah, a lot of uh, yeah. Gulps. And you keep winking at him, right. and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So. so I guess when you see it, it will be clearer than just reading it on the page. Sometimes reading something doesn't fully bring it to life, and that's mm-hmm. he's sort of the character. He's like the wise old grandfather in jail character that you see, mm-hmm. like that trope. Yes, yes, a trope that. Have we seen it a billion times? Yeah. Is it still great? Uh, well, yeah. it works for a <laughs> yeah. reason. It's You mm-hmm. see it a billion yeah. times for a reason. Yeah. And that's why it made so much sense for him to be black. Yes. Uh, when it would normally make sense for someone related to you to be of a different race, but uh, he's also very huh. wise and like... Uh, but like, listen to what you just said. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Hayes, I you did won. say that. I did. You said yeah. it. I don't remember anything else you said except for mm-hmm. that I, I i zeroed in on that i don't either yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so, i mean it's pretty wild right it's, so you hear when you said that now you really kind of know yeah what we mean yeah uh now your character hates cops yes hates all law enforcement mm-hmm. uh including cops yeah and that's from your real life yes mm-hmm. yeah um i studied to be a policeman. Uh-huh. I was pre-law. Uh, and then I was uh, post-law, mm. I guess. Yeah. And then I uh, took the exam and they said, no, you're too fat. So you um, were pre-law yep. to be a, poli- like a, a law, law enforcement man. Yeah. officer because I wanted to know the law mm-hmm. before I enforce it. Yeah, sure. people always think being pre-law only means you can be a lawyer, but it's any kind of law stuff. Yes. It, it really... I mean, how could you go out and be a policeman without knowing what the law is? Yeah, and yet, you know what? You better not just be guessing. You better not. You know what? There are so many policemen out on the street that have no idea. They think their whole job is riding around, smiling, Mm -hmm. giving out candy, and and fucking wearing Oakley's on the back of their head. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they think the job is. They literally think that. They think it and then do it. Yeah, and that's what uh, you're seeing. Well, yeah. No, I want all cops, all law enforcement officers dead. I want them all dead. I want to end them all when I see them. Mm-hmm. Like a rage, a boiling, boiling hot rage. And that's what makes that scene where you do get pulled over so tense mm-hmm. in the pile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should we should we do that scene? Yeah, let's let's run let's run right into it. Great. All right. Uh, sir, uh, do you know why I pulled you over? No. Why don't you tell me? Uh, well, you, um, you had a taillight out and <laughs> kind of dangerous. You know why my taillight was out? Officer? He, uh, finger quotes in the, uh, in the mm-hmm. script right there. Uh, yeah, it looks like there's a hatchet sticking out of the mm-hmm. back of your car. Hmm? So, I think it's out from, from the hatchet that you... I guess jammed into your taillight. That's exactly right, officer. Wow. You must have gotten a good sleep last night because you know what's going on with my car. You just described it. I was also 
I was also taking hatchets to all sorts of shit that you don't know anything about because you're not in my life. You don't know me. All you see is me. You look at me and you see a hatchet in my taillight. Sir, you seem agitated. I I don't know what you're upset about. I'm sorry. It's because I'm drunk. And I am a bad drunk. Okay, let's stop before one of us says something that we can't take back. I hate black people. I'm... Hey, hey, Something like that? uh, Yes, that would be an example. I mean, if you're just giving an example, that's okay. But hey, look... I was maybe out of line. I saw the hatchet. I overreacted. I don't want to be the bad guy here. Oh, wow. Are you done with your power trip yet? Are you done with your power trip? Look, if you feel like I'm in the power position, maybe I get in the car and sit down. You get out. Talk to me through the window. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, Door opens. Yeah. And we do move in. Okay. Uh, this, is quick. Quick. this takes a long time because we do it in real time. Yep. And then the seatbelt has to go. Yeah. And at the seat, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's a bunch of holes in this seat. It looks like you've been fucking this car a lot, sir. Yeah, get comfy. Okay. But not too comfy. If you start fucking this car, role play over. All right. Because this is my car. Hey, do you know why I pulled you over? Uh. About is it about my tail light? Yeah, it's about your tail light. Okay. And I hate you, and I hate all cops. But now you're a cop, right? You s- now you're learning. Now you're listening, and you're learning. Thank you. What a really nice scene. I feel like I, there's still some tweaking to be done on that. I scene don't because think it so. doesn't really end. I don't Should it think be so. longer. I, it may want to be longer, and it may and you and you may want the cop character to make fewer choices, just in terms just in terms of what he's doing. And you might want him to be more passive, because it just feels like he's driving it so much. You're the main character. Let's have an active protagonist. Uh, and let's make sure that the cop character is sort of just there. Yeah. He sort of takes up from that point. That's what was so interesting. You're right. The cop character drives away. Drives home in your car. In the car. It sort of becomes. Yeah. He and starts I'm, living your life. I'm left on the side of the road and the rest of the show uh, it breaks into two shows. Yeah. And there's a spinoff. Uh you know that well, a backdoor pilot we call it. Sure, where uh, the cop has just taken over my complete identity, mm-hmm. and I spend twenty-two minutes by the side of a road, just trying to hitch, just trying to figure out what happened. And no one picks up hitchhikers anymore. No, yeah, and you talk about that a lot. You have a pretty long monologue about. about how That's all I talk about hitching just ain't what it used to be in this town. Yeah, yeah. Now there, there's the one sort of triumphant final scene um, that I sort of felt really uplifted by where um, you and your uh, weird daughter mm-hmm. have a lot of conflict mm-hmm. through that pilot episode, yep. uh, each sort of fighting for like who's like dominant in the house. Right. And then there's the fist fight between the two of you yeah. at the end where you like really yeah. show her who's boss. Yeah, but it's really, that's one of my favorite scenes because mm-hmm. I think it's got the funniest joke in it, in the whole uh, show, mm. uh, it's got the. It ends with the funniest joke, and it's which I think, if I can't, if I may say, is pretty brave because I the whole 
scene, there's nothing funny happening at all. I'm bashing. I'm bashing her in the face um, with my closed fist, right? Mm-hmm. Just oh, bashing yeah. Bashing her and Punching bashing the fuck out of her. Yeah. Bashing her and bashing her. And and at the end, at the end, I say, "Do you want to? Well, should we just okay. run it and, and we start with the bashing? Okay, great, okay. great, 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 okay. great." Ah, <sighs> uh, okay. It's another one. Ow! And another Ow. one. Thank you. What is that? A hundred? Make uh, it a hundred and one. Yes. Uh huh. I'm learning from this. Oh, your head and face. We're so soft to begin with, and now I've made them softer. And you're so strong. Oh, take that. Oh, this is going to help me. Oh, my hand hurts. I'm going to switch hands. Oh, no, not the other hand. And then the, then it just fight. We just fight mm-hmm. for a page and a half. And then here comes the joke. Ah, uh, now I'm done. I hope you learned something. Wait a minute. I don't know if... This blood on my hand is yours or mine. <laughs> <laughs> now get the hell out of here. Okay. That's a nice, nice joke. And um, well, and it shows that you are a family. Mm-hmm. It's a joke too that you've heard a million times. Yes. You know. Well, that's what's comfortable for me. Yeah. I hate when these people are trying to do new jokes. Right. Mm-hmm. In some of these shows. Right. And I'm like, well, how am I supposed to know if that's a joke? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean, Rob? Mm-hmm. You have to telegraph it by doing a joke that has been done a million times. I think sometimes that's just one of the tools in yeah. your toolbox. Will you speak on that? The, yeah. All the different tools. Oh, my God. Well, you've got, um, okay, in the toolbox, mm-hmm. right? So let's imagine that it's an actual toolbox, right? Oh, it's yes. a big I'm red toolbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you open it up. Or you try and open it up, but it's locked because mm. you lock your toolbox full of tricks, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so you got to fumble around with the lock for a minute, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, uh, you wish I had a tool to own, open the lock. But it's in the, yeah, but it's in there. But it's in the toolbox. So you just have to somehow get it open, and and let's say it's with uh, those big, big, fucking metal uh, yeah. uh, shears. That'll mm-hmm. cut through anything. Bolt cutter, yeah. Yeah, yeah, bolt cutter. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and then you open it up, you get it open, and there's another bolt cutter there in okay. it, which is irony, which is a tool in your toolbox. Ah. And then you take off that shelf that is just full of irony. Yeah. And then under it, there are a bunch of devices. Ooh. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Sounds, yeah. <laughs> Sounds There's spooky. a ticking clock oh okay <laughs> yes like a bomb no no a just no, you think no no a no. ticking clock no a it's fake, like it's a, a fake stop bomb. it's a yeah. device a storytelling oh. device and mm. there's also a bomb Oh, oh a silent bomb. So, a silent bomb. Right. So you spend all trying to disarm the clock. But Any the bomb you can. But was... the bomb was the true threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just... And that is... And isn't that... Surprise. A red herring. Mm-hmm. A red herring. Yeah. Surprise. You got a red herring in your toolbox. And that's mm-hmm. comedy. Comedy is... Comedy is only surprise. surprises. We've said it so many yeah. times. It's yeah. only surprises. Uh-huh. And I surprise people sometimes, like we, we were saying, with jokes that have been done before. Sure. That's a surprise. Surprised that like, it came back. I they can't it believe was done. I can't believe he just did this joke that I've heard 
Paul Rodriguez do on stage for 20 years. Sure. Mm. Um, but he did it, and that's a surprise. Mm-hmm. So that's just what I do. Well, thank you so much, Rob. I mean, just for you to speak to our audience and educate them on, it's just so important to write from your own life. We see all these people out here trying to invent shows and imagine shows. Mm-hmm. That's callous. Uh, you're living in a TV show. Yeah. Just write it down. And it's like they spend so much time writing and imagining that they aren't actually going out no, and actually right? fucking doing How it. How many times have you heard some of your bros? Like you're, uh, you're, you're toking some weed with a couple of your bros, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yes. oh my God. Oh gosh. If we, could, if we could just film this conversation, it would yes. be better than any TV show. And I say, only if I'm one of the guys in the room talking shit and smoking a fat doobie. Right. And that's the mm-hmm. point where you have to negotiate to make sure that- It's all about y- negotiation. You actually get a prominent role in that- Conversation show. And no, you fight. Like yeah, you got to fight. And then your yeah, agent has some to come in. That's what it's about. Your jokes, lawyer. The reefer jokes are some of the funniest ones. Sure. Because you're yeah. the most famous of all your bros. Like, your bros aren't really that famous. If it's going to no, get on. A lot of them are not. No. If it's going to get on TV, yeah. it's. I'm not going to hang out with a, a famous guy. I'm, I'd like to be the funniest, most famous guy in the room at all times. Sure. But isn't it amazing that how some non famous people are actually like. Very funny. Oh my god! <laughs> Just That's like, a good point. That's a good point. My friend Just, Brian from my hometown is so funny, and I almost feel like he could have done like a really funny thing with his life. Yeah, and it's like how you weren't the funny. Like he was. He was actually the funny one between us when we were yeah. younger. But then I turned out to be the funny one because now I'm on TV. Right. And is that funny? And isn't that sort of what's funny about that just the funny? way life goes? And a lot of it's just about being brave and having the fucking balls to pony up to the table and just go, mm-hmm. hey, look, this is fucking my big honking dick. I'm going to lay it out there and try to make you laugh. And uh, and actually having the cojones and the nuts and the stones to do that. And I think Brian didn't have that. I think that's why he's pumping fucking gas. He was gas. too scared to pony yeah. up to the table. And he didn't pony up to the table, and he didn't lay it out there, and he didn't have the cojones or the stones or the nuts. Mm-hmm. Speak on that, Rob. <laughs> um, I don't know Brian, but I do know this. Mm-hmm. If he didn't pony up and fucking lay it all out there, then he's not only going to be pumping gas, he's going to be pumping gas like on Christmas Eve and Christmas morning because mm-hmm. that's the worst shift. Mm. So many people trying to get gas. Well, you're always out of gas It's really frantic. Yeah. It's a f- it's a terrible, terrible shift. And it's cold. And they're in their church clothes. It's cold because it's December. Mm-hmm. December-ish. Uh, and then, the yeah. tips are act- that time of year are actually very good, though. It's a, the best. The, yeah, it's the most magical time. Financially, yeah. Financially, by far the most lucrative because people are just in a generous mood uh-huh. there. Yeah. Mm. Handing out money. But it's snowing. Well, Rob, again, just thank you so much for coming in. And uh, we really appreciate it. If you want to plug anything, uh, I mean, you know, what, do you have anything coming up, a live tour or maybe an album? Or... Uh, no, I'm just, I'm on Twitter 
um, at Dwayne the Rock. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so find him there. Uh, please do like our Facebook page, rate us on iTunes, give us a high rating, and then write a nice review about us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, get on the forums. Uh, don't be scared of that. And please buy the pro version. Hayes, who brought the pro version this week? I think the Narnold bought it again this week. <laughs> He's I think someone sh- named Pat Smear. <laughs> oh, no, that's right. Sorry, the Narnold. Uh, Pat Smear bought the pro version bought this week. Bought the pro version. And what does he get? It must be a good prize. Uh, yes, he definitely gets a good prize. And I, and I'm, Speak on that. <laughs> I think the prize must be Rob Corddry explaining what is funny about your name. Uh, yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. So Pat Smear is the Caesar's <laughs> name, <laughs> and I have a lot to say. And you and you go ahead and lay out for him what makes that so good. Yeah, yeah. Over uh, like a breakfast. Yeah, the, you or, guys are going to sit down, or or just right now, or on air, live on air. Uh, okay. First of all, your name's probably Pat, right? And Pap Smear is like a uh, thing that chicks do with their vagina. And all right, so there you go, right there. Bye. Bye. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead. That was a HeadGum Podcast.